0: Well, good morning. On this important day, you're listening to Moody Radio 89.3 WRMB. And we are looking at the life and impact of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. To help us help us do that is Senate Chaplain Barry Black, who we've had on before. Uh, Chaplain, thank you so much for taking some time out to to join us here today on 89.3. It's my honor to be with you, Bridget. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we wanted to ask you about how a life has impacted yours and we're talking specifically about Martin Luther King Jr. Um, if my timeline is right, uh, you kind of grew up with him in the background and then at his death you were kind of in a college student age, I'm assuming. What was, uh, how did that work in your life? Well, I grew up in Baltimore, Maryland so I was a teenager when the famous March on Washington occurred, Uh, my mother was from South Carolina and had migrated to Baltimore. So there was, even in Maryland, uh, segregation, essentially. There was the phenomenon of redlining when it came uh, to real estate, certain places where Uh, You did not live, so most African Americans lived together regardless of their uh, socioeconomic backgrounds. You had teachers and plumbers and electricians living in the same areas where people on welfare lived. Martin uh, King infused me at a very young age. Um, because of his I Have a Dream speech with a sense of somebodiness and with a feeling that uh, there is light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, He would, as he said in his I Have a Dream speech, uh, he said, "I, I have a dream that one day on the Red Hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down at the table of brotherhood. Or, I have a dream that one day my four little children will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their characters. Well, this lyrical presentation of an optimistic future had a tremendous impact on my life. Uh, his speeches came out in uh, in record form, uh, phonograph records, and I played them repeatedly and would get the messages from them. Uh, the woman I eventually married, Brenda, actually, she is two years younger than I, but she actually came on a bus all the way from New Bern, North Carolina, where she grew up, to the march on Washington. And here I was, a stone throw away in Baltimore, and I didn't even go to the march on Washington. Okay. But that's that's the impact that this drum major for justice and this drum major for truth had on the African American uh, people, but more than that, he had uh, he had an impact on all people. He said in the I Have a Dream speech that uh, he said, "Let us not wallow in the valley of despair. We must come to see uh, that white people, by their presence here today, demonstrate that they are aware that their destiny is tied up with our destiny." He had another line where he said, we are, speaking of all people, wrapped in a blanket of mutuality, tied to a single garment of destiny. He was fond of quoting John Donne, the British poet, no one is an island, each person is a piece of the continent, a part of the main, every person's death diminishes me for I am involved with humanity, therefore sin not to ask for whom the bell tolls, it tolls for you and me. So what a what a powerful impact he had with his philosophy, his grabbing Thoreau and Gandhi and the uh, and the New Testament. Uh, what a powerful impact he had, insisting I think. Uh, that people of faith walk the talk. We often talk the talk, but he wanted ethical congruence where our verbiage was backed up with substantive actions. Well, we are talking with U.S. Senate Chaplain Barry Black today on this Martin Luther King Day. Now, you you became the first African American to hold that post. And in the season that we're in, in our country, what do you think Martin would, would say to us? And how are his words even that much more needed at this time? Well, I think that Martin would um, encourage us to give our lives for others. His last sermon uh, at his church, Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta, uh, ended with a peroration, a conclusion that was played at his funeral. And he said, every now and then I guess we all stop and think realistically about that day when we will be victimized by what is life's final Common denominator, that's something we call death. And he said, If any of you are around, when it comes my time to meet my day, I don't want a long funeral. And if you get someone to deliver the eulogy, tell him or her not to talk too long. And then he says, Tell them to mention that I tried to be right on the war question, tell them to mention that I did try to feed the hungry. That I did try to clothe the naked, that I did try to visit those who were in prison, tell them to mention that I tried to love and to serve humanity. Martin was planning the Poor People's March when he was assassinated. So he was trying to go beyond the boundaries of race and gender. He was trying to find common ground and there's so much poverty he was finding common ground with that and he ended by quoting a hymn if i can help somebody as i pass along if i can cheer somebody with a word or a song if i can show somebody he or she is traveling wrong then my living shall not be in vain i think he would in can as individuals of faith to be what Christ told them to be in Matthew 5.13. You are the salt of the earth. Make the world more palatable. Make the world more safe. This was before refrigeration when he said salt of the earth and salt was used to preserve the food. And then he said in Matthew 5.16, a couple of verses later, you are the light of the world. Illuminate the darkness with truth. And we have an opportunity to do that. There are so many people speaking with cynicism and pessimism, pessimism, but it's people of faith, Wow, we we are not cynical, we are not pessimistic. We believe Romans eight twenty eight in everything God is working for the good of those who love him who are the called according to his purposes and we need to share that light. All it takes is one candle to dispel the darkness. And I think that is what Martin would encourage us to do. Be ethically congruent help somebody anybody as you pass along and your living will not be in vain thank you so much for uh, the time again we we do appreciate and uh, and value your time so thank you for uh, serving our listeners and serving us this way we do thank you it is my honor god bless you all